Welcome everybody to uh, Football Talk with Freddie. Freddie, it's Wednesday, December 9th, and I'm going to be giving my uh, predictions for this week. Uh, it's week 15, and coming we're coming down the stretch for the college football season. It's been a crazy year with COVID and everything else. But we're near the end, coming to the end to decide who's going to the playoffs. Uh, I'm drawn here with my friend Cedric. He's back for another week. Yep, I'm excited to be back for another week. I had a ton of fun being on the podcast last week, and I just want to be able to keep up that momentum. Um, there's a lot of great games on, so I can't wait to be able to go and predict it alongside Freddie here. And uh, we're going to we're going to be uh, predicting all the games for, in the top 25 this week, and a couple other games, key games, and then we're going to be uh, talking about. The college football playoffs, who we think is going to make it and who's possibly still has a chance mm-hmm. and making it, all the scenarios. scenarios yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, let's get to it. Uh, the first game we are going to recap on Football Talk with Freddie is the uh, Utah Utes and Colorado game. Colorado's been having a pretty good season. They're 4-0 right now. Utah's been struggling a little bit. They've had some cancellations. Uh, they are one and two right now. Uh, Colorado's been doing a great job right now with their brand new coach Carl Durrell. He's been he came here from uh, UCLA, and he's been doing a nice job for this program. Program. Uh, Jarek uh, uh, Broussard. He's been having a, a solid year for Colorado. He has 733 yards and three touchdowns through four games, which is pretty good. Uh, Utah, they last week they they beat uh, Oregon State to get their first win of the season. Lost a close game against uh, Washington by a field goal, and then they got crushed by USC. See, they're trying to uh, end off the season on a good note. Colorado, they're trying to go to their uh, – don't try to go to the Pac-12 championship for the first time since it was 2015, 20, I believe. 2015, I believe. Yep, when they played Washington out there, when they had Philip Lindsay. But, uh, yeah, this is a pretty good matchup right here. The last team to actually beat Colorado was the Utah Utes last year, led by Tyler Huntley. Uh, so this time around, Colorado against a rival. They want to try to get some uh, revenge right here. They have the home field advantage. They're averaging 245 yards per game on the ground. And I feel like that's going to be a key separation point for the Colorado uh, Buffaloes right there to be able to gain some momentum. Um, I feel like Colorado right now, they have too much momentum going into this. And I don't think they're going to lose this game to Utah. I feel like Colorado is going to win by 10 points. I feel like there's still a lot of evenly matched teams in the Pac-12. But Colorado, they beat teams like UCLA and they've gotten some good wins out there and I definitely think they have a good shot at the championship but it's kind of weird um, that in the Pac-12 championship race Utah is, or Colorado's undefeated USC is undefeated but at the same time if they don't play each other so they could both go undefeated but Colorado not win their division because they played one less game it's kind of crazy yeah that is true true uh, for this game I'm going to be taking uh, the Colorado Buffaloes and it looks like they're supposed to get some snow in Boulder for this game. Mm, that'll always be fun. You got to love snow games, and I think that really uh, goes uh, to the benefit of Colorado, considering they love to run the ball. Moving on, we have the number one 9-0 Alabama Crimson Tide traveling to Fayetteville, Arkansas, to take on 
the three and six Razorbacks. Arkansas is three and six right now, but their record doesn't tell the whole story. They've been a tough team this year. Sam Pittman has done a great job of helping build that program, and I think they have a bright future. But their chances in this game, I, I don't think, are in their favor. There are 32. Alabama is supposed to win the game by 32 points, and I'm going to be taking the tide in this game. They they just have too much talent all around, and this game is very important for the for the Crimson Tide because if they lose this, then they have to uh, worry about beating Florida. So I expect Alabama to win, and their backup quarterback, Bryce Young, who's probably going to be the future for this team, I expect him to get some uh, – some snaps. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, just look at this matchup right here. Arkansas, they're a competent team. They've beaten the Mississippi schools. They pulled off some upsets this year, and they definitely have overachieved, especially considering we thought Arkansas wasn't going to be that good. Um, They're a team that has a lot of fight in them, but Alabama just has way too much talent. You could look at the percentages, or you can look at the spread. You see Alabama's favored by 32, and you also see that um, Alabama's given a 97% chance to win. And I think Arkansas, they have a lot of fight in them. This could be a look-ahead spot for Alabama as they know they have Florida on deck. That's the team that they're going to be matched up with in the championship to decide uh, the SEC crown and be able to go to the playoffs for sure. So I think Arkansas is going to put up a little bit of a fight. I actually think Arkansas um, covers that spread. They don't lose by more than 32, but Arkansas still gets blasted here. But maybe they hang around for a quarter. Yeah, That that would be uh, very nice to see a close game for Alabama. Their their closest game this season was against Ole Miss, I believe, by 15 points. Yep, and that was their probably their worst defensive performance of the year, too. That was just an all – everything went really bad for uh, Alabama's defense. But luckily, Ole Miss's defense was somehow even worse in that game. Yeah, Ole Miss's defense has not been – hasn't been that good this year, but their offense has been, uh, has been carrying that team. Exactly, except against Arkansas. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have uh, – the number nine Georgia Bulldogs traveling to Columbia, Missouri to take on the five and three and number twenty five Missouri. Missouri's has been a, a surprise team this year. Nobody expected them to be this this good or have a winning record this year. And and uh, Connor Bazelock, he has he's done a pretty good job at quarterback. He was the backup for the first game against Alabama, but then uh, was got some playing time and took over the starting spot and has done a great job for this team. Eli Dringowitz is doing a nice job trying to change the culture for the Missouri football team, trying to bring them back to that to the 2012-2013 years when they entered the SEC and was winning a bunch of games yeah with the Matty Mock era right there yeah, that was a fun era of Missouri football and uh this is actually becoming another fun era of Missouri football they've got a lot of wins this year that were not expected especially after they started off so poorly against Alabama and then getting blasted by Tennessee we kind of left them dead in the water uh but ever since they got that win over LSU they've been doing pretty well they are actually uh five or four and one uh since that win over LSU so they've really had a lot of great wins including that really exciting win last week over Arkansas saw uh, where they almost gave away the game with that drop pick on the two-point conversion but they were able to drive down the field get a field goal 
uh, for that game. And um, they're led, of course, by one of their leaders as well. I know you were talking about their younger quarterback, but they also got uh, Roundtree at running back. He's a senior, so he's been around the uh, program for a long time. He has 835 yards rushing. And um, offensively, Missouri has been a lot better than Georgia, I'd say, offensively. Georgia has shown some lackluster offensive performances uh, but I feel like Missouri, once again, they have a lot of, they have a good chance here actually to be able to win this game and that has been postponed. But I think Georgia is just going to be able to uh, pull it off just because they have more talent defensively. Georgia is stout. They have a really great defense, but if they don't bring their a game in this game, then they have a chance of losing. I mean, just look at how uh, Georgia played against Mississippi state earlier this year. If they play like they did against Mississippi state, there's no way they're going to be able to pull this one off against this Missouri Tigers team. Team. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be taking the Bulldogs in this game. Game Missouri's defense at times has struggled this year. This year led up 35 to Tennessee, 38 to Bama, which honestly is not that bad. Uh, 40, 45 to LSU, but th- that was before they lost a bunch of players. Players, 41 to Florida, which Florida's been pretty good. Good, and in some of these games, their offense – has been struggling, but last week against in games against uh, LSU and Arkansas, their offense put up put up a show, putting up fifty points and 40, 45 against LSU. Georgia's defense has been pretty solid this year for the most part, and and they're going to need to put up a good amount of points to try to beat them. I'm taking the Bulldogs in this game. Yeah, let's go in the Bulldogs right there. I feel like they're going to win. Even though I always feel every time they play in Columbia, I always feel like Missouri has a chance to pull off the upset, but they never seem to actually pull it off. They come close, but they don't seem to pull off the upset usually. The next game we have uh, the number 11 Oklahoma Sooners traveling to Morgantown, West Virginia to take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. West Virginia is 5-4 and four right now. Now, last week did not have a good game against against uh, uh, Iowa State. They got blown out forty two to six. Well, Iowa State was in the black jersey, so I mean Iowa State doesn't lose when they wear the black jerseys. Yeah, that is that is true. West Virginia, they've been an up and down team. Some team games they they look like they can be competitive, and in other games they they just fall apart. You honestly don't know what uh, West Virginia team you'll get every week. But they do have some players. They got Lady Brown, who's freaking fantastic. He's one of the best players in college football, and he's the go-to guy. But for me, every time Oklahoma plays late season, I just feel like Oklahoma is a team that goes on runs late season in the Big 12. That's a team that I don't want to play, and I almost feel bad for Iowa State. Even though Iowa State beat them earlier this year, I just think Oklahoma is going to win the Big 12 again. If they win this game, they'll go to the Big 12 title game. And um, they're going to match up against Iowa State. And I feel like Oklahoma is going to win this um, Big 12 championship. Uh, but right now we're talking about the uh, Oklahoma-West Virginia game. And I think Oklahoma's momentum is just too much for West Virginia. And I think Oklahoma gets the win. And I don't think it's going to be that close either. I think Oklahoma runs away with the game. Even though West Virginia does have the home field advantage. I say that in air quotes because nobody's in the – or there's some people in the crowd, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to be taking Oklahoma – they, they had a rough start. Started one and two, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the think. losses to a K State, which is a really bad loss, and then and to Iowa, Iowa State. State. Both and the black jerseys, because Iowa State doesn't both lose tough, the black jerseys. Yeah, both games were tough losses, uh, and 
as Cedric was saying, Oklahoma always plays good down the stretch. Stretch and and I think they're gonna they're gonna easily win this game against West Virginia. They're a fourteen point favorite, and and we'll see what they can do against uh, Iowa State next next week. All right, on to the next game right here. We have a Big Ten matchup coming out right here in the uh, Land of Lincoln rivalry right here. Uh, we have the Illinois Fighting Illini coming in at a 2-4 and four record versus the number 14 Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, Northwestern, uh, they're just trying to be able to come back from that loss they had against Michigan State a few weeks ago, and they're just trying to end off this Big Ten season well. They already clinched a spot in the Big Ten title game where they will be playing Ohio State more than likely, uh, considering the rule change that has just happened to allow Ohio State to go to the uh, Big Ten championship game. Uh, but always watch out for Illinois. Uh, Illinois always do an upset every single year. You saw it with the Wisconsin game. They pulled off an upset over Minnesota a few years ago and an upset over Iowa recently as well, too. Uh, not this year, but a few years ago. So just always watch out for Illinois. That's why I think Illinois is actually going to cover the spread. And I don't think Northwestern is going to cover that 15-point line or 14.5-point line. But I still think Northwestern is going to edge them out. I think it's going to be a three-point game, though. I think it's going to be really close. It's a robbery game. It's always going to be a battle. And if they're Northwestern is going to win Northwestern style with really good defense. And I think it's going to end with an interception on the last possession uh, from Illinois so that Northwestern can seal the game. I'm going to be taking Northwestern in this game as well. Their defense has been pretty solid this year. Their offense at times has been pretty questionable. If uh, when they play Ohio State, they're going to need to play pretty good offense. So, so hopefully this week, week or maybe this week, we'll see if Northwestern can uh, put up some points, try to get some momentum going on offense, going into that Ohio State game. That is true. That is true. But they definitely have their work cut out for them in that Ohio State game. Ohio State seems to just be a really bad matchup for Northwestern just in terms of what each team does. But, hey, if Northwestern can get some interceptions early and stuff like that, maybe they might be able to hang around for a little bit. Moving on, we have the number 13, 10-0, Coastal Carolina. Ooh, 10-0. It's pretty good right there. 10-0. I don't think any other – is there any other team in the um, college football that has 10 wins? I don't believe so. So Coastal Carolina started playing the first week of the – Seasons on September fifth. Hmm. So, yeah, so they're the first, only team right now in college football to have ten wins. Uh, let me double check. Notre Dame, or no, Notre Dame, I think does. I let me double Possibly. check on that. Maybe Notre Dame might be the only other team. Uh, no, they're nine and zero. So yeah, they're wait. the only ten and zero team. Wait, wait, no, oh, no, no they wait, are 10-0. Yeah, they they had a conference game against. I, I forget. I forget who they played. I, I think it was... Was it... Who did they play? Oh, oh, USF. Yeah, they played South Florida and crushed them 52 nothing. That was a while back. Man, it's kind of crazy to see how the season has changed and how much uh, Duke or uh, how much uh, Notre Dame has fallen uh, forward as well, too. Uh, but yeah, still Coastal Carolina, still one of the two teams in college football has 10 wins. Um, I'm going to pick Coastal Carolina in this game, but I definitely say watch out. It always seems like these group of five teams, whenever they come off like a really high or something that happens, they get upset just randomly by some team, especially since they're the team to beat in their conference. Troy, even though they're last in the division, they are still five and five. It just really goes to show how strong that division of the Sun Belt is. 
Uh, Troy, they still have a lot of good offensive production. They average um, somewhere in the 300s in yards per game. They actually average 381 yards per game, which is pretty impressive. But Coastal Carolina, they average 440 yards per game. Plus, they're coming off that high um, after winning against BYU. That was a very emotional win, very emotional game. But that's why I think this one's going to be close, especially after coming off that sort of high. I feel Troy is going to be hyped. They're going to be pumped up to play. So I think Troy is going to actually cover the spread. So I expect a close win for the Coastal Carolina as they escape Troy with a victory, but not by a lot. I'm going to take the uh, Ch- the Chanticleers in this game as well. They got a big win. They're trying to go undefeated. And uh, uh, Jeremy Chadwell, well, the coach for Coastal Carolina, He's he's trying to end off the year with a undefeated season because this probably possibly could be his last season at Coastal Carolina. He's because I expect him to have some uh, some coaching offers somewhere else. We'll see if he accepts them. Last year, Billy Napier he went eleven and eleven and one, but decided to stay at uh, Louisiana. Maybe uh, Chadwell does the same thing. We'll have to see. But for this game, I'm taking the Coast of Carolina. Moving on, we have a big ACC matchup. We have the number 17 North Carolina Tar Heels traveling to Miami Gardens to take on my the Miami Hurricanes. Miami's not eight and one right now. Only loss was to uh, Clemson, North Carolina. They have three losses right now. They're which came to North. Notre Dame, Name, Florida, Florida State, State, and UVA. And UVA. UVA, yeah. Yep, they had that two-game skid in the middle of the year. This is my favorite game all week right here. I think this one's going to have a lot of fireworks. It's played in Miami. You always know the bright lights are going to be on in Florida. You got the all-black uniforms for Miami as well, and anytime there's a cool alternate, it's always going to be really hyped and stuff like that. Uh, but this is going to be a shootout. Both of these offenses are flying high. They're both coming off victories um, over teams that were definitely lower. Miami beat Duke 48-0, and North Carolina beat Western Carolina 49-9. So both teams, they just put up a lot of offensive points. North Carolina is averaging over 500 yards per game. Howell and the boys, man, they throw it all around the yard. They run the ball well with the one-two punch of what they have at the running back position. And then Miami, of course, it's going to be a really great matchup. Uh, just when between quarterbacks, you got King versus Howell. Both are some of the best quarterbacks in college football. So this is going to be an explosive matchup. I expect a lot of points. I expect it to be something like a 38-35 or like a 42-38. Somebody wins, but they win late in the game with the game-winning touchdown, especially since Miami's games tend to be close. But I think this time around, I'm going to pick the Tar Heels to go onto the road and actually beat the Miami Hurricanes in this case. Even though they got the home field advantage, so to speak, right there, um, I feel like North Carolina has too much explosion on offense, and I feel like that's going to be the difference in the game. Sam Howell and the boys are going to do very well uh, for UNC, and I think they're going to be able to win. But, uh, James, what do you think about this game? Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to say. Miami, they have had a lot of close games this year. Here, let's, UVA was a five-point game. NC State three point game, Virginia Tech one point game. Game, this team hasn't been blowing teams out, but again have been winning games. Games last week they won their game forty eight nothing, and and I I'm I'm rooting for Miami to get back to being a, a great team, try to get to a, a New Year's Six bowl. So I'm I'm actually gonna be going 
Going with the uh, Miami Hurricanes in this game. There we go. We finally get a disagree at this point. We've disagreed on the spread, but we haven't disagreed on who's going to win. And I'm glad there's a game out here that we find pretty competitive to the point where we can disagree on who we think is going to win. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, moving on, we have a, a Big Ten matchup. We have the 2-2 Wis- two and two Wisconsin Badgers traveling to Iowa City, Iowa, to take on the Hawkeyes. Iowa's 5-2 and two right now, had a rough start to the season, lost the first two games, but are on a five-game win streak right now. It's supposed to be a little bit of snow in Iowa City for this game. Man, that just makes me smile right there. That's Big Ten football for you. Iowa, Wisconsin, always a really big-time matchup, running the ball. Um, not a lot of throwing that happens there, but when there is throwing, it's always something pretty effective on some play action, finding the tight end and stuff like that. Um, it's always going to be exciting when Iowa and Wisconsin play, especially when it's in the snow, when it's in the cold, when it's late season, just like it is right now. Uh, Wisconsin, I don't think Wisconsin, I mean, their defense is pretty good, but I don't think they're as good as what they were advertised, especially after that first game against Illinois where Graham Mertz went off and he broke the record for like completions and stuff like that. I think people had that in their head and that was what they thought of Wisconsin. And then after the COVID outbreak happened at Wisconsin, I feel like everything's gone downhill and they just started losing a lot of games. I don't think they're that great, honestly. I mean, Indiana took it to them. They pretty much drubbed them with just great defensive performance and stuff like that, even though they didn't have their quarterback and they only put up 14 points and to still lose at home when the uh, opponent only put up 14 points uh, I still don't like that look and Iowa they're just on a tear five straight wins right now they're running the ball very well from Makai Sargent and um, I think that's going to be the difference is Iowa wins a low scoring um, Big Ten style game right here I feel it's going to be a 23 to 17 victory for the Iowa Hawkeyes I'm going to take the Hawkeyes as well well it's going to be a low scoring game both teams have been playing pretty solid defense offense uh, for both teams uh, has been the best besides the uh, Illinois game for Wisconsin, but I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. I like that pick too. Actually, Wisconsin's favored in that game, which is kind of funny. I don't know why. I mean, maybe because of recent history, it's Wisconsin's won a lot of the last couple of Iowa games in the series. Yeah, possibly. Next, we have a a Big Twelve matchup. Up we have the number twenty Texas Longhorns traveling to Lawrence, Kansas to take on the zero and nine Kansas Jayhawks. Rock chalk Jayhawk K U. No, they're not going to win this one though. No. Yeah, yeah. This is just uh, it's been another nightmare season for Kansas. They show a lot of toughness though. They come out every single week, even though they lose majority of the time. They always come out every single week. But, I mean, this year you got beat up by Coastal Carolina. You got beat up by Baylor. I mean, they've pretty much been beat up in literally every single game except last week. Last week they almost beat Texas Tech. That is one of the craziest things. I mean, Texas Tech didn't have their coach. But still, 16-13, to maybe that, that was the closest game that Kansas had. And Kansas did beat Texas when they had Charlie Strong. But, no, it's not. I mean, you could maybe question if Texas is really motivated to play football since they really... I mean, they still have a shot at the Big 12 title game, I think. If Oklahoma loses to West Virginia, then Texas can go. But, again, but, that'll depend uh, on their motivation right there since the Oklahoma game's a little bit earlier, I think. Actually, I, I, th- I think Texas is out now because they're 6-3. and three. That's true. Wait. Oh, wait, no, it's the wait. three-way tie that can break it, though, I think. Oh. Because they play Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, lost three... 
Texas, um, Oklahoma, if they lose, they'll lose three. And then they all – actually, no, Oklahoma has – Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Oklahoma mind. has the advantage. Yep, it's over. Never mind. Yeah, so maybe the only thing that could, be, that could stop Texas from winning this game is maybe motivation, but that's really, really pushing it right there. I think Texas is going to dominate. I agree, agree with that too. Too, it's uh, Texas is favored by twenty nine and a half points. So, moving on, we have a SEC matchup. We have the LSU Tigers taking on the number six Florida Gators in Gainesville. Most years, this is a pretty exciting matchup, but this year, it's not so much. LSU's you they've been having a rough year. They had some. They lost a lot of players to the NFL, and they had some of their key players that were returning opt out. And then they had a bunch of players get hurt during the season, and right now LSU's not in a good spot. Florida, they they had a, a, a close game against Tennessee last week, or closer than it should have been, mm-hmm. but I, I think they're going to take care of LSU this week and then prepare for Alabama. Yep. I mean, hey, it is a rivalry game, so maybe this is the, the same thing kind of happens like what they did against Tennessee where it's a rivalry game and it's a little bit closer than expected. But I feel like LSU has really uh, really phoned it in for the year. I mean, you got players opting out, transferring. All the stars are pretty much gone. They're on the road. I mean, it just seems like LSU, especially uh, after last week's performance against Alabama where they just got beat on literally every side of the ball. I feel like that was pretty demoralizing for LSU, so – Man, I'm sure LSU doesn't even want to play this game. They just want the season to end at this point. So, yeah, I don't see LSU being able to really do anything. I think it's going to be all Florida. I think it's going to be Kyle Trask having fun, throwing it around the yard to Kyle Pitts, who's going to be out there. And uh, Kadarius Toney is going to be killing it as well, too. So look for Florida to throw for a lot of yards and just have a pretty good offensive performance to the tune of something like 48 to like 10 or 48 to 13, something like that. Moving on, we have a another Big 12 matchup. We have the 22 Oklahoma State Cowboys traveling to Waco to take on the Baylor Bears. Baylor's been having a rough year. Again, like I said last week, they lost their coach and lost some players and just not having a good season. Oklahoma State's been playing. Has been all right, right? Not as good as they hope to be. Hope to be uh, Chubba Hubbard got hurt. A couple weeks ago, and that that really uh, hurt things for them. And but for this game, I this is hard to say. Say say Baylor has not has not been good. Last week they lost twenty seven to fourteen against Oklahoma. This isn't a bad showing against yeah, Oklahoma. They they've had some some close games, especially down the stretch. Lost by seven to Iowa State, lost by one to Texas Tech, lost by one to or one by one against Kansas State. Yeah, I mean it really goes to show how close Baylor is to really getting over that edge. I mean, these past couple of weeks have been really close, and I feel like Baylor's a few plays away from having a pretty solid record this year. So. I mean, this is a tough game. Oklahoma State, any of these teams in the Big 12, a lot of them are very evenly matched. So you have a lot of games where it really could go either way. I said that last week against uh, about the TCU-Oklahoma State game, and look what happened. TCU ended up pulling off the victory 29-22. I think Oklahoma State, though, is not going to go off out of this season. 
uh, with a losing uh, effort. I think they're going to come together. I think they're going to have a really good game. I think Sanders is going to do well, and just everybody is really going to come to play, and they're going to be able to run the ball effectively and um, just have a pretty good last game uh, for Oklahoma State for all of their seniors um, as they play a Big 12 game for the last time here. But uh, Oklahoma State, I feel like, is going to win. I think they're going to win by a touchdown. I think it's going to be about something like 31-24, 32-33, something weird. Because uh, it seems like all of Baylor's games have weird scores. They had a 32-31 game. That's You don't see that every day. Yep. Moving on, we're going to the West Coast. We have the number 15 undefeated USC Trojans taking on the 3-2 and UCLA Bruins. This is the f- first potential season that UCL Chip Kelly has a winning season for the Bruins. The last two years have been pretty rough for for uh, UCLA, but maybe they're getting back on track. This would be a big win for for the Bruins. USC they if they I believe if they win this game game they go to the uh, Pac-12 championship. So so they're going to be uh, fighting fighting the whole game. And USC, they've had a couple games where they were down by two possessions, but found a way to fight back and and what and uh, win the game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a really good matchup. Anytime you have a rivalry game, it's always going to be fun. And then UC, USC, UCLA, it's going to be nice weather. Uh, going to be playing in the Rose Bowl too, the granddaddy of them all. So that's going to be a really fun setting for this matchup. Um, I think USC, they've really been on a roll. Uh, USC is pretty much the – they've shown they've been the best team in the Pac-12, and uh, they look like they're on the way to a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, they've had close victories, though. They barely were able to beat Arizona State. So maybe UCLA can be able to pull off this win. And actually, gonna, I'm going to pick them for my upset of the week. I think UCLA uh, gets this victory right here over USC, pulls off the upset. USC has been getting away with a lot of close games. And I think this is the time where UCLA finally gets them. I think Chip Kelly's finally starting to turn things around a little bit. And I think this win is going to be pretty good for UCLA. And I think this is going to also open up the opportunity for Colorado to get into the Pac-12 championship. I agree with you. I'm, I'm going with UCLA for the upset. <laughs> Man, I really hope that happens. I actually am looking forward to um, – I'd love to see Colorado make the Pac-12 title and then also uh, see UCLA start to turn it around and Chip Kelly gets another uh, chance right here to uh, show he's the man for the job in Pasadena. Uh, for for our last uh, ranked game, we have the 4-3 and three San Diego State Aztecs traveling to Utah to take on the – Number 18, 9-1 BYU Cougars. BYU's been having a pretty good year here despite all the challenges. Being an independent school, having, been having a hard time scheduling games. But, but last week they were, they were able to play Coastal Carolina, which, which was a good opponent for them, try to improve their resume for the college football playoffs. However, they unfortunately lost the game game but i gotta give them some props scheduling a game on a thursday and traveling across the whole country in two in two days pretty much prepping for a team not getting a whole lot of a lot of film on them being able to prep for them just going out there to play they still unfortunately lost but that that takes a lot you don't see many teams especially in college football uh just say on a two, Thursday, we want to play 
against a team across the country. Mm-hmm. That was very impressive. That was very well said, Freddie. Um, their effort as well, too. They weren't prepared for that game in terms of the whole week of preparation that most college football teams have when you're playing an opponent. You plan all week. You watch film starting from the end of when you played your last game. You start watching film. You start game planning and coming up with schemes and stuff like that. And BYU, they didn't have a lot of time to do that, nor did um, Coastal Carolina as well. And to be able to pull off that game and for the game to end up like it did, I mean, that was fantastic by both schools to be able to organize that. But the sad part for BYU, they were able to they were unable to win the game. They came just short. That was a really heartbreaking loss for BYU. And that pretty much ends their chance of being able to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. It also ends the Heisman hopes of Zach Wilson as well, too. But again, even though he's not going to win the Heisman anymore, he still had one heck of a season and has been one of the best BYU quarterbacks since Ty Detmer. So He's going to have a really good season, and I feel like Zach Wilson, even though um, they lost last week, I feel like they're going to finish it off with a nice victory right here over San Diego State, be 10-1, and one, get to 10 wins, and for BYU, anytime they can get to 10 wins, I feel that's a very successful season out there in Provo. I agree with that, too. I'm going to take the BYU Cougars over, over San Diego State. Now, the next couple games we're going to talk about is uh, – a couple of pretty good matchups. They're not exactly ranked teams, but teams that or games that could decide who's going to a conference championship or just really exciting matchups. Exactly. Just interesting matchups, so to speak. Just the things that are uh, intriguing, so to speak, or games that might decide divisions, even though they're not um, ranked teams, especially this one coming up in the Pac-12 that you'll see a little later in the show. It's a pretty big game. And they also had a lot of cancellations this week, which has really been kind of a bummer. I mean, especially you look at the Ohio State-Michigan game. And here in Columbus, that game means everything. Um, You see all the M's crossed out on the Ohio State campus. And just for that game not to happen, it's just really sad. Also, some other games that have been canceled, like the Indiana-Purdue, they don't get the battle for the old Oaken Bucket. And some of those rivalries that have just been going on for a long time are finally going to be broken. So it's kind of really sad to see that. But... Again, that's kind of the year we live in right here in 2020. But on a happier note, we do have some games that are still on right now, and we're going to go and analyze them. So uh, coming up, uh, we have the Nevada Wolfpack coming in at 5-1 and one right there. Uh, going to get San Jose State, who are undefeated. One of the best seasons for San Jose State I've seen. And it's just really awesome to be able to see the uh, San Jose State Spartans be 5-0. and oh. I bet if you uh, someone told you before this season that one of the Spartans would be undefeated, people would probably say Michigan State. But, hey, it's the San Jose State Spartans that are 5-0 and oh right now. But um, I think they're going to be able to keep up that momentum coming up here. It's 5-0. Oh. They got a win over Hawaii last week. And I think they're going to be able to keep that up. And uh, I'm going to pick San Jose State to get to 6-0 and oh and really having a really great season. I'm I'm going to be taking the Spartans as well. Nevada last last week I believe they lost, or no, two weeks ago they lost to Hawaii by a field goal. Goal last week, they got a a big win over Fresno State. Still having a great year for the team, but but in this game I'm going with San Diego State. I mean San San Jose State, not San Diego. San Jose they. They've been playing really good football. They're two and a half point favorite, and oh, oh, this is something interesting to note. Note they're playing the game at 
UNLV's old stadium, mm-hmm. Sam Boyd Stadium. Stadium. Uh, I think it's because of the the Santa Clara Clara uh, restriction where uh, where teams can't be playing football. Just like what happened to the 49ers, they had to move to Arizona, and maybe, and I'm assuming San Jose State had to had to move games as well. So, but I, I'm gonna go with the the Spartans in this game. Uh, the next game we have we have a uh, MAC matchup. We have the Western Michigan Broncos traveling to uh, Ball State. Ball State, Western Michigan's four and one right now. Only loss of the season came to Eastern Michigan, I believe. A couple last week was a tough loss for them. Ball State, they've been having a pretty good year. Year and the winner of this game is going to be is going to be going to the MAC championship to take on the Buffalo Bulls. More like to get crushed by Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, Ball State, they're on a four-game win streak. Lost to Miami by a touchdown in the first game. Game, they've been play, been playing pretty good offense. I'm going with for this game. I'm going with the Western Michigan Broncos. Broncos. Uh, I think I just think they've been p- playing pretty well. Their quarterback has been uh, pretty solid. Solid. Um, uh, Caleb. Alibi, uh, he he's been having a, a solid season. Has only played five games and has sixteen touchdowns, only one interception. Sh- sh- interception and and also has uh, four touchdowns on the ground. So that brings the total to nineteen touchdowns in five games. That's that's a that's pretty good. Good for him. Gotcha. Well, I disagree, James. I actually think that the uh, Ball State Cardinals are going to be able to get this win. And the reason why I'm making uh, the prediction for Ball State, I'm just looking at who's coming in with the momentum in this game. Ball State, they're on a four-game win streak after losing their first game to Miami of Ohio. Um, On the opposite hand right there, Western Michigan has just lost. They lost to their rival Eastern Michigan, which, of course, was a really bad loss to have. And they lost by 11 points. Um, at home to their arrival and I feel like that's something that really has thrown them off they're probably reeling after that loss and I think Ball State is going to have the momentum coming into this game Uh, but these teams are pretty darn even I mean if we look at some of the main stats in total yards they actually are almost neck and neck where Ball State averages 479 while Western Michigan averages 477 so they're literally neck and neck and then in yards allowed um, Western Michigan allows 409 a game and Ball State 420 a game so about as even as it gets. So I feel like it's going to be a really good game, but give me Ball State. Moving on, we have the the game of the year, or the most exciting game in college football, one of the best rivalries. We have the Army-Navy game. Normally it's a game game that's played by itself every year, but this year it's a, it's a different year. They're going to be playing playing with other teams. Teams, uh, and also something else. Something else to note: this game is normally played in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, so at a neutral site. But this year, I think for the first time since since nineteen forty, I think or something like that. I'll have to double check on that. They they're playing the game in West Point, New York, and 
and college game day is going to be there. I think it's going to be a very exciting game. It's always a close game. But for this game, I'm going with the the Army Black Knights. Yeah, I'm also going with the Army Black Knights. And the reason why is Navy's defense, they're averaging or they're allowing over 200 yards on the ground per game. That is not good, especially since as well, Navy in general, their defense has not been great this year. They've allowed over 400 yards a game, which is not the highest ranked defense right now in college football. And you're going against a team in Army that averages 296 yards a game running the football. That is a bad mismatch. You don't want to be bad at rushing defense when you're going to be playing against um, Army. And Navy is not good at running defense. So that's really a really bad vulnerability. And I feel like Army is just going to take advantage of that. They're going to run all over Navy. Give me Army to win by 14. I agree with that. Moving on, we have the a Pac-12 matchup that that will decide who wins the uh, the Pac-12 North. We have the Washington Huskies, who are three and one, taking on the three and two Oregon Oregon Ducks. Washington Washington lost to uh, Cal earlier this season by. No, or not? Not I mean, they I mean, no, Stanford. Stanford. Stanford my yeah. my bad. Bad. They lost to Stanford. Stanford uh, last week, I think. Yeah, Washington lost to Stanford last week, and then Oregon lost to the Cal Golden Bears. The Cal was um, California. They were zero and three before that, and they've pulled off the upset over the Oregon Ducks. So that was a really cool upset. But that's why I'm also going to pick the Washington Huskies to win this game. And you know why? Because the game of football is a game of momentum and a game of surges. Oregon, they're reeling right now. They've lost two straight games. They lost to Oregon State, their rivals, in back-breaking fashion. They lost to Cal in back-breaking fashion. I think they're about to lose to Washington as well in back-breaking fashion. It's going to be a close game. I feel like they lose by four points. I'm going with the Washington Huskies as well. As well. It Yeah, they are on the road, though. But Oregon did lose on the road to Oregon State. And I believe they lost last week. Is this their third game on the road? Uh, or did they? Washington or Oregon? For Oregon. No, Oregon. This is their. Uh, they're at home now. They lost to. Um, they lost their two games. Wait, wait, wait. They're, wait this game's on the at, at home. home. Yep, they're yeah. Yeah, their last two games on the road. I'm going with. Uh, yeah, the, just the momentum for Washington right now. It's it's a lot better than Oregon losing two games, and we'll we'll see. Maybe Oregon they they still want to win a Pac twelve championship. Last year, last year they yeah they beat Utah up in the Pac twelve championship, so they want to try to defend their title. But yeah. uh, Colorado and Washington may might have some other plans according to our predictions. Yeah, well, let's see about that. I'm gonna take the Huskies. Next game, we got a little bit of a uh, Sunbelt matchup. We have the Appalachian State Mountaineers traveling to Statesboro, Georgia to take on the Georgia Southern Eagles. Appalachian State's a 9.5 point, point favorite in this game. Georgia Southern 7-4 and four right now. They've had some close games. Games that they lost by two points to Louisiana. Lost by two touchdowns to Coastal Carolina, lost by one point to Army, and then lost by a touchdown to Georgia State. 
Appalachian State, they had a close game against uh, Louisiana last week, week, and then a a tough loss to uh, Coastal Carolina. Both teams have some tough losses. But Georgia Southern, I I think they're going to pull off an ups, upset right here in Statesboro and get the win. I disagree. I think Appalachian State gets it done. Um, both of these two teams have been doing pretty well. Seven wins apiece, which is always pretty successful right there. Um, the Sun Belt has been one of the best uh, conferences low-key this year. Um, nobody expected the Sun Belt to be this good, but, I mean, they've had big wins over Big 12 teams. And when you have Louisiana, one of your um, conference champs or one of your division champs is beat the uh, Pac-12 or the um, Big 12 regular season champ in Iowa State. So props to Louisiana for pulling that off. Uh, Arkansas State in their conference also beat Kansas State in the uh, Big 12. So there's just been a lot of big wins. Also, Coastal Carolina um, beating BYU, a major um, independent school. So again, the Sun Belt has been really good, and it really speaks to the depth of the Sun Belt that we're going to be talking about uh, different matchups in the Sun Belt as they're starting to make some noise. But give me Appalachian State to win this one. Uh, Both teams have had really great seasons. It's also really good for Georgia Southern that they are one of the few teams that have had no games canceled, and uh, they've played... um, they're going to play 12 games. They're going to get to 12 games, which is very impressive that a team was able to stay healthy and a conference was able to stay healthy enough for them to get to 12 games. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't even realize that. 12 games, you don't – I don't think anybody has reached that. That's what you normally see in a season, 12 games, 13 games. And Georgia Southern – they they've been able to do it. They did start a little bit earlier than everybody else, starting the first week of September. Yeah, they played week zero. Week zero. But hey, hey, they they did prove that they could get through the whole season. So, so moving on, we have we have a a matchup between us a, a team in the conference USA. And the Big 12, we have the 5-4 and four Louisiana Tech Bulldogs traveling to Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horned Frogs. TCU last week got a, got a win over... Yep, upset victory against Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State, 29-22 out there. That's why you got to be careful. And uh, TCU, they've gotten some decent wins this year. They're 5-4, and four, but there have been that stereotypical Big 12 team that's always a pretty tough out. Uh, for anybody they've beaten texas so they've gotten some decent wins they're pretty much one win away from being in the top 25 uh, they've had some losses they lost to kansas state and they had some other uh, losses that weren't ideal for them but max duggan he's been a really great quarterback for them a great leader i got to watch their game earlier this year against texas and i was really impressed with his play and his leadership for tcu and i feel like that's gonna happen again here against louisiana tech but i think this is gonna be a really good matchup even though again louisiana tech you see they're not a powerful five school and you see tcu is a power five school so you're like oh it's going to be a blowout i don't think it is i think it's going to be somewhere around like a 38 25 or 38 24 type of game where it's pretty close back and forth and then tcu uh, kind of runs away with it a little bit in the fourth quarter and that's what leads to a 38 24 type finish but give me the tcu horn frogs i'm taking the tcu as well moving on we have a sec matchup we have the five and four auburn tigers 
traveling to Starkville, Mississippi to take on Mississippi State. I'm kind of sad because I was supposed to be at this game when it was uh, supposed to be played in November, November 14th, I think, something like that. And I was very excited for the game. And then like two days before they, they announced that it was getting moved, I was pretty upset. Really wanted to go to this game. Hopefully, wanted to see us possibly pull an upset, and and unfortunately didn't get the chance. But I am going to be watching this game on TV. Going to be cheering on for my Bulldogs and Auburn. Last week they had a close game against A and M. Kept it close, close. Auburn. It's they've had some close games this year, and then. This year, they've had some games that they should have been pulling away from easily, and they just weren't able to. And then some games that they that they lost. Arkansas, they lost. They won by two points. Should've lost. Probably should have lost. Kentucky, they easily won that game. Got blown out by Georgia. Lost to South Carolina. Uh, beat Ole Miss, and there was a little another. Potential call. Yeah, lots of controversy in some of their victories. Yeah. They easily could be uh, instead of five and four, they could be three and six right now. Yeah, but I mean, hey, Auburn, they're still competent-ish. It just depends on the day. You just get a different Auburn every yeah. single week. Uh, you probably got a pretty decent rendition of Auburn last week when they played Texas A&M. I actually had them as my upset pick, and I missed that pick. I thought they'd be able to pull off the upset over Texas A&M, but I was wrong. So props to Texas A&M. Uh, but with Auburn, I think they're going to be able to beat Mississippi State. I don't think Mississippi State is that great. Um, sorry, James. I know that's your school and stuff like that. But um, with all the injuries that have happened and this year being the first year that they're running this new scheme with Leach, and um, it's just not been the ideal season. That win over LSU, though, was a really nice uh, bright spot for you guys. And you guys also had a pretty good bright spot by only losing to Georgia by seven. That was a very impressive showing given you only had 40-something players uh, in uh, on the roster to be able to play that game. But Auburn, I feel like they're going to win. It's going to be a not close-ish game, but I feel like it's going to stay within reason. I feel it's going to be like a 32-20 type win for Auburn. I might be a little bit biased, biased about this, and I think it will be a close game, but I don't know how. But um, Mississippi State will find a way to win this. Our offense has been improved, proven over the past couple weeks against Georgia. One of the best defenses we were able to compete with, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, uh, they don't have the best defense, but our offense still still competed. Uh, defense, though, we've had a bunch of injuries, and that's been hurting us, DB, especially in the secondary. Uh, we we if you if you didn't know this, Mississippi State runs a three three five defense, which which means three. Three uh, down linemen. You have three linebackers, and then you have five DBs. We we have three safeties and two corners typically, and all three of our safeties have been have opted out or gone hurt, and that's what's been killing us. Teams have been just chucking it deep, and we have some young guys with some potential, but haven't hit that potential yet, and it's it's been hurting us. Bo Nix though has been known to. Turn over the ball, so maybe our maybe our young guys on defense can make some plays. 
and set up our offense in some with a great field position. And I don't know how, but I I'm going with an upset. Going with the Bulldogs. I think there might be some bias there, but yeah. I'll let it slide. Yeah. <laughs> I'll maybe I'll admit I'll admit it might be a little bit biased. I try not to be biased, but in a meaningless game, I I try not to be yeah, <laughs> too why biased. Not? Why not? You don't even know what week Auburn will show up. You never know. Because yeah. Auburn, I mean, they lost us 2-7 and seven South Carolina, too. So, if they could lose to South Carolina, they could lose to Mississippi State. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be, be nice to uh, end the season on a two-game win streak going into next year. So. Yep, agreed. Give you guys some momentum. And then the last game we're going to talk about today, we have the Virginia Cavaliers, who are 5-4. and four. Traveling to Blacksburg to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Virginia Tech last week, in the first half, was given to Clemson a fight. A fight. Almost had a chance to tie it up. They they caught a hail mary, but the player player uh, just couldn't punch it in. He caught it at the one yard line and was pushed out of bounds before he could get it in. And but Virginia, they're five and four. They they have a win over North Carolina, so I'll give them credit for that yeah. one, of course. Especially as they started off the season really badly. But they did have a decent showing against Clemson. They went out there and they competed on the road. They lost to a good NC State team, lost to a good Wake team, and lost to a good Miami team. But now that the schedule got a lot lighter, they pulled off some good wins, including a really impressive win against Boston College, because I'm really high on Boston College as well. I think they're a pretty solid football team. So for Virginia to win that, they definitely have some uh, players. But I think Virginia Tech, even though it feels like a million in years since Virginia Tech won a football game. I feel like they're going to be able to win this game, get revenge after last year's game with Virginia and Virginia Tech. That was the uh, year I think um, Virginia broke their uh, losing streak against Virginia Tech that went on for such a long time. Uh, but this game's in Blacksburg. I think Hendon Hooker and the boys for Virginia Tech uh, get the job done. And I think Virginia Tech wins a close one by three points. I'm going with uh, Virginia Tech as well for this game. Uh, so now, now we're going to uh, be uh, talking about the the playoffs, and also I have a, a few questions I've I've gone from some people that uh, Cedric and I are going to answer, and most of them have been related to the playoffs. So, so uh, the first question uh, I got was, if Coastal Carolina beats Louisiana soundly, do they deserve a spot in the playoffs? I I'm cheering for Coastal Carolina, and it's it's great to see them. They were just a F, FCS team a couple years ago. Now they're an FBS team, and they're winning big games. Uh, they beat some good teams, but I hate to say their play chances at going to the playoffs are very very slim. They especially with some of the cancellations this week. It's I feel like it's almost impossible for them to go. They they need pretty much they needed Purdue to be Indiana, Oklahoma, West Virginia to be Oklahoma, maybe North Carolina to win, but Ohio State to lose to Michigan, Ohio uh, State to yeah. lose the Big Ten title, Northwestern to lose to Illinois, but then win the Big Ten title as a two loss. Yeah, yeah, it would have got sticky. So in other yeah, words, very very unlikely. What would have been cool would have been something nice for twenty twenty if there was an eighteen playoff. Maybe there was a way they could slide in there, but but I that 
I wouldn't give them a chance. It, it would a lot a lot of crazy stuff would have to happen. It is. I do think they do deserve a little bit more credit than being thirteen in the playoff rankings, though, and at least to their um, if there's any solace for them. I mean, I don't think they should be below Indiana or Oklahoma, even though I think they're ten and zero. They beat a team in that's ranked as well too. Uh, they beat BYU, which is a really good win. So I think they should have uh, moved them up even higher than 13. I think they should be a top 10 football team. The next question I have is, if Florida beats Alabama, are they both in the college football playoff or is Alabama out? I think as long as Alabama doesn't lose to Arkansas this week, Alabama is pretty much a lock. As long, only way I would be concerned is if they get blown out against Florida. If they lose a close game, I think they're in no matter what. What Alabama, they've just been playing pretty good football all year. And I I don't really see a scenario where they where they don't make it. Would have to lose to – but if they lo- somehow lose to Arkansas this week, then that can create some panic in uh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I think uh, this is actually a really good question. There are scenarios where Alabama may be able to um, be out of the playoffs, but it's very tough to do it just because, again, they have that head-to-head against Texas A&M. That's a key head-to-head that Alabama has um, over Texas A&M. So even if Alabama does lose one game, they're still going to be put ahead of Texas A&M because of the head-to-head. So they don't have to worry about that one. Iowa State has two losses, so they don't have to worry about that. Um, Ohio State, again, is going to be, again, that's like their main competition right there. So, yeah, it's almost a, pretty much a lock for Alabama, um, given the circumstances. There's literally nobody else that really could jump in there. Even if Clemson and Notre Dame nullify each other and both make it because of Clemson's close victory, and Ohio State gets to go in because of the new rule changes, um, that's probably the only possibility. If they put up, uh, let's say Florida wins, Notre Dame and Clemson. Clemson loses a really close football game, or Clemson wins a really close football game than Notre Dame, and they're both um, only have one loss, and I feel they both get into the playoff. Then you have Ohio State in there as a Big Ten champion, and then you just have to decide at that point. Um, and then you have Florida that would be in, obviously, as well as the SEC champ. So, again, it would be a big decision between Alabama versus Notre Dame in that case. And who do you think you'd take if it was between Alabama and Notre Dame? Given the history of the playoff and how Alabama's done, they're going to probably let Alabama into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, even – and, yeah, I know we were trying to say throughout the history and and for the playoffs, they, at least what they say they do, they only worry about this year, which – which is what they should be doing. They shouldn't be worrying about the past years because that's a different team. Team and but Alabama this year has been playing really good, and I I would I would take them over Notre Dame. Notre Dame has had some close games. Alabama has blown everybody out, so I would I would take Alabama over Notre Dame. That's true. I mean, so. look at the Notre Dame. I mean, the Louisville win where they barely escaped. They're probably going to blame them for that one and stuff like that. And Alabama, they just have the prestige. And they consider the SEC on a higher tier than the uh, ACC. Let's see. Really good question, though. Uh, and then the last question, should Clemson beat Notre Dame? Does that leave Notre Dame out since Lawrence didn't play in the first game? If Notre Dame is out, who is in? I... T- it's hard to say if if Notre Dame loses to Clemson by let's say a last second field goal goal 
I I think it, this is where it, it gets difficult if because if if I think for that both teams to or for Notre Dame to make it if they lost to Florida I mean or lost to Clemson uh they would need Alabama to beat Florida I would say say to get in yeah the, uh the loss or the win over Notre Dame or over Clemson was was a big win for them Clemson was without Trevor Lawrence which you have to take a little bit into factor factor uh they were also without a bunch of defensive players which definitely showed and it was a pretty high scoring game Notre Dame has been uh, known to have a great defense this year and in that game their defense did just enough to win but wasn't wasn't 100% the best so so that that's hard to say if Notre Dame is out who's in I would say that's where it's hard to say say if Alabama beats Florida I think and Clemson beats Notre Dame by a field goal I think there's a way both teams get in and but that would create a lot of chaos that two ACC teams are in. Everybody was mad when there was two SEC teams in the ACC. At least the narrative last year was there's no other team except for Clemson. And this year, I'd say it's a little bit better. Still has some work or still needs to get a little bit better, but has improved. So mm, This is a tough question, but let me, let's break. Let's make this easy. Let's limit the field. There's only six teams that have a chance of making the playoffs. Just from looking at it and what the history of the um, committee is, the only teams with a chance right now, in my opinion, are Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Florida. I don't think anybody else has an opportunity. I don't think they're going to put a group of five team in. Sorry, Cincinnati. Sorry, Coastal Carolina. And Miami, I don't think they're going to put one. Long. Oh, they don't have enough. Tennessee. They don't have enough teams and stuff like that. But... To make this simple right here, Alabama, it kind of depends a lot on the Alabama-Florida matchup. If Alabama wins, Florida's eliminated, and it just becomes a decision. Do you take one loss, 10-1 Notre Dame, or do you take Texas A&M? And in that case, I think Notre Dame has a little bit more on their resume than Texas A&M. Texas A&M's best win is against Florida. Other than that, there has not been... A lot of other wins that I'd say are ranked. I mean, you have the Auburn win, pretty solid. But if Auburn loses to Mississippi State, as James predicted, then that's not going to be a ranked win no more. And um, not really a, a lot of other major wins on Texas A&M's resume aside from that Florida win. And they lost to Alabama pretty um, handily as well, too. And just think about it in that scenario, if Texas A&M were to make it in, they'd be playing Alabama first round. And I don't think that's a matchup that they're going to want to see. They already know what's going to happen with that matchup. So I feel Notre Dame has a really good chance. They're almost a lock, in my opinion, to be able to make the playoffs. The only scenario they don't make it is if Florida beats Alabama. Because if Florida beats Alabama and Clemson beats Notre Dame, I think Ohio State or Clemson might move up to the one seed. I think they'll give Clemson the number one, uh, be the number one spot in the rankings. And then they'll move Ohio State up to two. Or probably actually, they'll move, yeah, they'll move Ohio State up to two, Florida to three. And then it'll be a decided decision between Notre Dame and Alabama, and that one's a lot less favorable, just because Alabama has a lot more um, history of being in the uh, uh, playoff, as well as Alabama how they looked and they dominated literally every single game this whole year, 
Uh, so they're really going to give that one to Alabama. So Notre Dame, they're almost a lock. If Alabama beats Florida, I consider Notre Dame a lock. Yeah, yeah I would say Notre Dame's, as long as they don't get blown out, out, I would say they're pretty much a lock for the for the playoffs. Yep, that's a good point. Yeah, if they get blown out, then it's not they're not making it. But I doubt they're going to get blown out. But you never know. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, great questions, everybody as well. Who brought in some questions? Want well, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate the support. I'll be I'll be back on. Sunday, Sunday, posting my college football recap. And then we'll be talking about all the games going into a championship weekend. And then also the other games. Since this year, we are going to have uh, more more games to talk about. Talk about instead of just the championship games. But I'll be focusing on those since those will most likely have the biggest playoff implications. So, so yeah, I'll be doing that on Sunday. And then Tuesday, assuming there's no postponements this week, Tuesday I'll be back with my NFL recap. Wednesday I'll be posting my college predictions. And then Thursday my NFL predictions going into next week. Hope you guys have a have a great uh, rest of your rest of your week and stay safe. Hill State and go Bills.